Welcome to the Restore Body Balance podcast, where we take an integrative approach combining psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance. And I'm Nico Yutanis, co-producer of this podcast. Today's episode is on Sunday Scaries and Monday Blues. I don't know if any of you listening can relate, but despite our routines changing during the stay-at-home time period, for me, a Sunday still feels like a Sunday, and a Monday still feels like a Monday. Yes, Nico, I echo that in my practice all the time. A theme that I often hear We call it, or you educated me to the term, the Sunday scaries, and sometimes even the Monday morning blues. It's that anxious feeling and feelings of dread experienced by many people on Sundays before the work week, or of course, Monday mornings as the work week begins. So some things that people tend to worry about are let's say, just even commuting to the office, the idea of either sitting in traffic or traffic jams, maybe trying to do that work-life balance that we all strive for once again. Maybe for others, it's the idea of making school lunches or maybe not even having time to prep for lunches. Maybe it's the Monday morning meeting you have every week. Even just the idea of being overwhelmed and the insurmountable feat like climbing a mountain for some. But now that we are in COVID-19, the other term that you educated me to is lockdown Mondays, which has brought about a whole new wave of anxiety about the week ahead. So I know for the folks I've been speaking with, it's things like anxiety about wondering whether work will still be coming in. Let's say you're a freelance photographer or worker, independent. Perhaps you're a part of a furloughed staff and you're wondering whether your job is going to come back after all. Or for those, especially in the restaurant industry, we've been going from no work to takeout to slowly opening a restaurant, figuring out when and if to bring people back and how many. Not to mention parents like myself having to juggle the homeschooling and, of course, small businesses, whether or not they're going to stay afloat. And again, for others, it's that empty week ahead of them. Lastly, we also have to look at some people that like that idea of Monday morning. Believe it or not, they're out there. I am one of them. (laughs) I love the weekends, but sometimes the weekends are either so filled with other things. I like the structure of uh, Monday through Friday, but also that kind of good anxiety of showing up. I know for me, I used to be able to physically at least go to my office for my week council calls, but now that I have my broken foot, it's left me just basically sheltering in place, but sheltering in my house, in my living room specifically. But today, I actually got up, brushed my teeth, and did that brutal task of blow drying my hair and putting some makeup on and some nice earrings and I quote unquote went to work in my living room but I actually felt like a completely different person and you know sometimes like myself people can actually feel refreshed and ready to start the week but with the COVID-19 for a lot of us we're still at home. I completely relate. It's almost like although I used to hate this piece of advice making your bed in the morning but I have a newfound appreciation for it. 
It gives you one goal that you can check off on your checklist right when you wake up. But on the subject of routine, I saw an interesting article titled, Why the Monday Blues Are Still So Bad in Lockdown, and it included a lot of interesting information. In the article, neuroscientist and former psychiatric doctor, Dr. Tara Swart, had plenty to say on why this is. She states, quote, After years in the working world, our minds have an expectation of what Monday will bring. And when this doesn't happen, it's a cause of stress to the brain. Our brains need to rest by switching modes, and this is essentially what weekends are good for, she says. We've gotten used to the generally accepted five working day, two day weekend system. Simply, that changing is a threat to the brain, as it is new and uncertain. And I completely understand this. I think of it almost like if there's a workday holiday like Memorial Day or Labor Day weekend and everyone heads to the beach. But come 5pm and boom, everyone packs up and rushes to the car. They still subconsciously feel that urge to hurry home come 5pm because they are so used to the routine of the work week even when not working. And going back to the article, Dr. Swart also states, now that all seven days of the week are less differentiated from each other and have the same lack of structure compared to before, the brain still has an expectation of what Monday will mean in terms of routine, change, and variety, but that is not happening, and this is another cause of stress to the brain. So this uprooting seems to add to the stress and anxiety of Monday blues. Yes, and let's get back to what anxiety is. So we are using the term Sunday scaries or Monday lockdown, and we know that here we're simply just going into that fight or flight mode. And as we have said in almost every episode, Nico, uh, stranger danger when it comes to the unknown. But it's also dread. What we experienced is scary, so the brain remembers it, and it doesn't want us to forget the brain is actually drawn to bad news. And like we said in one podcast, excitable anything. Excitable good, remember it so we can do it again. And excitable bad, remember it so that we can look out for it and not repeat it. So this is where we give it the reappraisal. Going back to the psychology, biology, and neurology of Restore Body Balance. And also, the positive expectation and cognitive reappraisal that I learned at the Benson Henry Institute at Mass General Hospital in concert with Harvard Department of Psychiatry. We already talked about the psychology of changing the brain, of the ABCDE. Again, A is the activating event, B is the behavior, C is the consequence. And then what we teach our folks is just to dispute that belief. And if you dispute the belief enough times, after you've taken a deep breath to get into the parasympathetic nervous system, you have the E, which is the new expectation or experience. So we're talking about Sunday scaries. An activating event may be that thought, that intrusive thought, or that overwhelming dread, or angst in your chest, that Monday morning's coming. So the behavior is the actual anxiety, anticipatory anxiety, and dread you feel. And the consequence, of course, is you go into a little bit of fight or flight and a little bit of panic, maybe a bad mood, some sort of spiraling, and of course, looking at the brain overworking, thinking about the week. 
if we dispute the belief, which we'll get to in a second, enough times with cognitive reappraisal and positive expectation, every single time, we will eventually have a new E, which is a new experience. And again, that's combining the psychology of the brain using cognitive behavioral therapy, the biology of stressing out and getting into that sympathetic nervous system of allostatic loading, and then of course the neurology of rewiring the brain and thought patterns, and essentially what we call neuroplasticity. Those are great techniques, Colleen. Yes, and remember, Nico, I know I say this a lot to you, but I just love it. The brain has to do what the mind tells it to. It's a very powerful statement. I'm going to pause here for our listeners to really take in what I just said. The brain has to do what the mind tells it to. So again, we see here we have an opportunity for that cognitive behavioral therapy and mindfulness and meditation. Pausing, taking a deep breath, and reframing the situation. Can you give an example of how to reframe the situation people may experience on Sunday scaries or Monday blues? Sure. So let's say, for example, you might stay up too late to avoid going to bed knowing Monday's coming. Or even I know for some folks, they isolate indoors on Sundays. This idea of maybe if I just don't go anywhere, it doesn't have to end. If I'm not really enjoying a Sunday, then I don't have anything to lose. But again, very important here that we breathe because again, we are not amenable to anything new or to dispute the belief in fight or flight or that sympathetic nervous system. So we breathe, take a couple of good deep breaths or do one of my Dr. Wiles 478 breath. And then we can, again, reframe or reappraise the situation. So staying up too late is just going to make me tired. And that's really going to make the work week feel even longer. And the Monday morning blues are going to feel even more blue when I've only had a few hours sleep. Disputing the belief. And then eventually, let's say you do this enough times and even try to get to bed a little bit earlier. And instead of your brain going off in 17 directions while spinning, going to bed, thinking about the Monday morning, we antidote that stress with remembering times that are more present, that you're present now, you're not at work right now. You're actually in your hopefully cozy bed with some light blocking blinds and a cool fan maybe running, all the things we need for restorative sleep. And we are just staying present with the moment because we're not actually at work, so why suffer? And then with the idea of isolating indoors, that really doesn't do us any good. Most of us feel better every time we just step outside. I know for me, my tiny little porch here in Brookline, I just go out and I sit on it and I just, you know, even if it's a little warm today, I still went outside and I sat. And it just felt good to step out of my house and out of that isolating area. You might smell a flower, hear something, see something. And again, that just sort of pushes out of that, you know, dreaded sympathetic nervous system. And remember, gentle loving kindness. Nothing that we're doing is bad. Even if we do end up staying indoors or staying up late, it's not a bad thing. We don't need to scold ourselves. It's just gentle loving kindness. Those are great examples. Are there any other techniques that could help? Yes, I think we mentioned a few times, and I mentioned in my book, we call it, speaking of book, 
bookending your day, meaning you start your day and end your day in that, again, more restful state where we are amenable to change. So at the end of the day, we want to lie in that cozy bed and again breathe, maybe do a progressive muscle relaxation technique, maybe listen to some meditation or mindfulness apps that we've echoed in the past. And of course, when we're doing this, we're flushing out cytokines, that stress hormone from the bottom of the brainstem, and therefore having a better night's rest. That's specifically why I created the journal that you beautifully designed me go at the back of the book. We're designed to, again, get into that classic conditioning of every single day doing my eight steps or my eight-week program, and you tick the box, AM, PM, AM, PM, every day building on itself. And again, eventually, it becomes paired stimulus response, and hopefully your brain just naturally does it. And again, of course, we can't stop thinking about that neuroplasticity when we also want to bring in something positive from the day, something we're grateful for or we feel abundant for, and then not to give away too much of the book, but we also set our intention for the next day. So then when we wake up in the morning, we do it all over again, and it just takes a few minutes. We wake up and instead of jumping out of bed or grabbing our phone, we just lie present for one minute. I mean, 60 seconds, Nico. Who doesn't have 60 seconds in their day to just lie in bed, be present, remember who our identity is, remember what we have now, and just relax into it? That's a great point that all it takes is 60 seconds. And if those of you listening want to hear more about the book, you can visit the book page at www.RestoreBodyBalance.com book. And Nico, another wonderful resource our listeners can go to, it's actually on YouTube. If you just type in Anderson Cooper interview with John Cabot Zinn. J-O-N-K-A-B-A-T-Z-I-N-N. Here, Anderson actually is interviewing John Kabat-Zinn. And at one point in time, when they're discussing mindfulness and meditation and why it's important, John Kabat-Zinn turns to Anderson and says, well, for example, who was in the shower with you this morning? And Anderson Cooper replies in complete shock, what? No one. No one was in the shower with me this morning. And he said, but weren't you already answering emails? and in that Monday morning meeting and of course he chuckles and says yes you're right you know I actually am very rarely just present and so John Kabat-Zinn replies with you know quote we are inundated with our to-do list and we're never truly present we are constantly preparing for the next moment and then the next moment and then we prepare for the next moment and then the next and then we're dead And I know. It it sounds kind of depressing. Well, it is. And I I just needed to make sure our listeners were with us there because that is the reality of what we do. As I say, the past is history and the future is a mystery. So what we truly have is the present moment. Think about it. Worry puts us in that stress-based response. And then we're always looking to feel better from it. So whether it's looking to the work week or lamenting how last week felt, we're not being present. Being present is real and true and by and large, okay. If we're not looking elsewhere, we can actually be happy and content. 
So Nico, I have a question for you. Have you ever been underwater, like in a pool or the ocean or scuba diving? All the time. I love to swim and I actually want to bet when I was younger that I could swim the length of an Olympic pool underwater without coming up for air. That's amazing. I don't think I could do that. So let's have our listeners do this, okay? If it's comfortable for them, just envision what it's like. Now, whether you're in a pool underwater, you know, when I was little, we would play Marco Polo and, you know, you'd have to go underwater and, you know, yell back and forth or snorkeling or scuba diving. You're underwater and the waves and the noise are above you. So your waves, if you go to an ocean analogy, are like your thoughts. They come and they go and they come and they go. But if you're under the water, it's peaceful and quiet. The same as if you were in a pool. Again, you're underwater. So even though you might not have a lot of waves, you do have motion and the noise is muffled. And that's really what we're trying to do in mindfulness and meditation is just be present and quiet. And it's okay for your brain to go off because that's what happens. We're designed for that to happen, right? And so think about those waves in COVID-19 right now. We're just inundated the minute we wake up, whether it's Instagram or going on the internet, you know, the idea, I mean, you can't stop seeing people selling masks right now. We need to help us shift out of the Sunday scaries and out of the Monday blues and into the present moment. That's a really great analogy. Although the waves are moving us, at times it can be hard to process and it can make you feel panicked, like you can't breathe or if the wave overtakes you and kind of changes your paths of movement. That's even a better analogy when it comes to anxiety and panic, Nico. You're exactly right. And you know what? Speaking of learning to stay with our breath, I'll help our listeners with some really cool devices. I'm just so excited to share these because back in the day when I was a therapist, you know, teaching somebody to breathe was really difficult in terms of getting into the parasympathetic nervous system. So listeners, get your pens or type into your phones. So number one is something called CORE, and it's a handheld meditation device that vibrates guiding you through meditations led by expert instructors while measuring your body's response to stress. It's actually called HelloCore, so you can go to hellocore.com, and it's a sensory meditation experience, quite frankly, and it's designed to help you build a meditation ritual. Rituals are important because again, it's that Pavlovian part of the brain that will naturally repeat for you. And of course, this is a meditation device where you can actually listen to nature, you can listen to meditations, again, that are led by instructors, and it actually collects your data, which is called biofeedback, and it captures your body's response to stress. And it's, quote unquote, meditation you can feel as they say on their website. Another one I use in my practice is called Unite, U-N-Y-T-E. And this I love. It basically is a guided meditation as well, but it's interactive, similar to the Hello Core, except this one you can use your tablet, iPhone, or computer. And it's a little, here I go to date myself, Nico, device that looks like the old iPod shuffles. So a little bit 
about the size of a credit card and you either put the clip on your ear or put put the clip on your finger sort of like when you go to the doctor that measures your oxygen and it actually guides you through meditations but then you can also do something like for example there's a beautiful monastery and what you do is you have to get your breath into the parasympathetic nervous system and you will start to open the doors of this beautiful monastery and the other thing you can do for example is you go into a beautiful italian villa and it's been abandoned and it's dirty and some of the coliseum poles are broken and as you get into the meditation and as you get into the parasympathetic nervous system of breathing and staying present you actually start to clean the pool it's very satisfying you know picture like an old grotto and then repairing some of these columns or you know things that have crumbled and you actually by breathing get to restore things or you set butterflies free it's really quite amazing and like i said that's unite and you can go to my website for any of these by the way restorebodybalance.com the last couple of ones i'd like to educate our listeners on are whistles one of my favorite ones is called the shift and you can go to www. Komusodesign.com. So I'll spell that for our listeners. K-O-M-U-S-O-D-E-S-I-G-N. And the shift, which is like a whistle, helps you control your breath. It actually decreases stress hormones. It slows down your heartbeat. It decreases your blood pressure and loosens up muscles. Another whistle that I have on my website is called the Love Tuner. That's from the grommet. This is a meditation and mindfulness tone necklace. With your meditation practice, you can actually just slightly blow this little whistle and just center yourself throughout the day. It's like almost like a tiny little flute. And why it's called a love tuner is it plays a single note at 528 HZ. It's also called the love frequency. This is a tone that is believed to help calm our minds and bodies. And what you do is wear it to center yourself in a peaceful space or quite frankly, any time. And it's simply a reminder of the loving vibrations around us. That's very interesting. I've heard of sound having healing properties, but I never heard of that love frequency. And it really does fascinate me. I know when I was in LA, there were a couple of stores that did Tibetan bowls or sound baths. And just hearing those noises really did kind of provide a sense of calm. So what are some more tools? Well, speaking of Tibet, Nico, when I was going through Nepal and my travels through Asia, you would actually, every time I was uh, trekking near base camp, and you would actually go through and um, spin these big, beautiful prayer wheels. And I actually took one back with me. And speaking of, I have a singing bowl on my website as well, but it's a neat thing for our listeners to try. Uh, you can buy bells that you can clink together or the singing bowls and you actually listen to the sound 
all the way through to the end. And if I didn't have my broken foot, I would hop over to my little meditation room and grab one. Next time we'll do it for our listeners, Nico. But it is actually quite beautiful. And again, it's just trying to center your focus by listening to the sound all the way through the end. So anyway, I digress. Another couple really progressive devices is one is called calmingo.com collections backslash device. And again, C-A-L-M-I-G-O. And that's a device that actually helps you breathe. You breathe into it and it trains your brain to calm. It's again, you know I love this, based on the principles of classical conditioning that helps you create a mental association between action and feeling. It's right up my uh, alley when I talk about the three methods of exhalation, especially exhaling into a, a longer version like the four, seven, eight breath. There's also relaxing sense. And again, right there with restore body balance, it really is a multi-sensory stimulation. The idea of the sense are what we've actually said all throughout the podcast, especially the scent of lavender. It, again, has a smell that's a unique relationship with our brain's emotional system, right? So it's a dominant sense, and you can actually decrease the sympathetic activity, reduce the physiological stress that actually can be measured now, especially if you go to that Anderson Cooper video, you'll see him actually drop in and out of the stress-based response. And you can also elicit the relaxation response that I've taught folks in my practice and at the podcast by, you know, breathing and meditating. And basically it looks at the science behind it. When we are feeling anxious or stressed, of course, we go into the sympathetic nervous system and our breathing rate increases, specifically during our exhalation becomes very short. So we want to practice actually increasing the cortical and limbic activity in our brain, which manifests as increased by arousal or alertness, which again, stranger danger. So we want to look at ways to be able to breathe properly. And this device helps you do that especially with the little patches that you can buy and little scented pads. And again, we know, Nico, this is all scientifically based and research evidence-based practices, especially when we're feeling distressed, especially wanting to induce relaxation. So let's move on to the things that I have in my practice. Speaking of aromatherapy and psychological and physiological states, we looked at the pinch me dough, which has essential oils. We looked at Aveda rolling balls, and we also looked at origins on the spot relief that you put on your temples and behind your earlobes and on your wrists, or even simply looking at something like hand lotion. So again, we can go to my programs on my programs page at Restore Body Balance if you want to know more. That sounds really interesting. I'll have to check out those tools. And I can't wait till the future episode with the Tibetan wheel and the sounds. And I do appreciate the research on aromatherapy. I rely on a diffuser from Muji with their relax essential oil blend and i think it really does help me relax you know i love that one i have to go to their website and get some more i'm hoping the store is open too down on uh, newberry street but another great way to uh, get out of the stress-based response and into the relaxation response yeah so thank you colleen you've given us plenty of tools and techniques to remedy these sunday scaries and monday blues 
And I'll reiterate what you said before to remember gentle loving kindness. It's really important, especially during these uncertain times, just remember to not be so hard on yourself. That's right, Nico. It's really important, you know, to piggyback off of your gentle, loving kindness. You know, I was just finding myself saying this with every client this week. You know, we're so used to beating ourselves up. And if we can just catch ourselves, we don't want to like give ourselves like a, you know, tap on the wrist by saying, no, that's bad. Or, oh, I did it again. Or, oh, I stayed up late. Or, oh gosh, I was just off for 25 minutes thinking about the work week. That's the point of mindfulness and meditation is gentle, loving kindness, bringing yourself back to the breath, bringing yourself back to the present moment. And again, don't forget what the brain is trying to escape. It's saying, I don't feel good, make it better. I don't feel good, make it better. But now we've educated our listeners on ways, specifically with tools, that we can make it better. And the brain, even though it's drawn to bad news, is also seeking a better life. It wants a better life. And when it finds something that actually does feel better, like calming the brain, calming the breath, getting into that, Again, sympathetic nervous system, bad, parasympathetic, good. You know, not always bad if you're running for the train or escaping danger, but by and large, we don't want to hang out there. But parasympathetic nervous system, again, is rest and relax, rest and restore with sleep, rest and digest, rest and reproduce everything we need to do and function optimally as a human being. So thank you, Nico, for helping me with this uh, episode of the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Colleen. I mean, all of these tools are going to help me during these times. I'm going to maybe look up that sound frequency or seek out some of those tools. If those of you listening want to learn more about the Restore Body Balance programs, a lot of these tools are incorporated into the programs. So you can learn more about that at www.restorebodybalance.com, as well as you can find some of those tools on the Restore Body Balance shop page, or you can read the book on change where a lot of these subjects are covered. And if you want to hear more from us, you can click the subscribe button. We are also available on YouTube.